We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And tonight's episode is unfortunately not being recorded after a Timberwolves game. And that is obviously because the Wolves and Grizzlies did not get the chance to play on Friday night. Uh, The game was postponed after one Timberwolves player tested positive on Thursday. And then a second player tested positive on Friday with additionally one other player and only one. Um, as of my recording on Friday night, one other player currently in the NBA's health and safety protocol. So two players, one in the con- contact tracing contact tracing protocols thus far. On today's pod, we'll work our way through those details by splicing up some audio from Gerson Rosa's uh, press conference he just held here on Friday night after the news of Carl Anthony Towns's positive test surfaced. Um, We'll connect some dots from that presser and then uh, discuss what this means for a team that is scheduled to play five games in the next 10 days, when 10 days is the minimum period a player that tested positive has to sit out for. Um, But let's start here with Gerson Rosas just sort of walking us through the 36 hours prior to the game's postponement. Gerson, share with us whatever you're able to about the timeline of events tonight that led to the postponement of the game. Uh, you know, as, as, uh, I think, you know, we communicated, we had, uh, we had a positive test, uh, yesterday and, uh, with the league support, uh, and our processes in place, we did, uh, contact tracing and, uh, we discovered there was another exposure there. Uh, unfortunately today there was another positive test. Uh, you know, we feel like it's a pretty isolated protected situation uh, with those exposures. Uh, fortunately, for the most part, uh, we've, you know, we've tested negative and been able to move forward. But 
this was pretty significant to us, to our organization, to our family. That positive uh, was, was 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 very impactful, and, and we we weren't our team, uh, our organization was wasn't prepared to move forward tonight. So again, as Gerson said, there the team has had two positives and one other player who met the criteria for exposure according to league protocols. Um, we can. However, connect some dots here. Um, Thursday night, Wancho, Hernan Gomez, and R- Ricky Rubio showed up on the injury report as out health and safety protocols. Um, the Athletic subsequently reported that Hernan Gomez is in isolation and will be out for at least 10 days. Uh, that leads us to believe that Wancho was the initial positive test and that Rubio, who has previously tested positive for the virus uh, back before the bubble, uh, that he was the second positive or not positive test, but the second exposure. And then Carl Anthony Towns, uh, he put out a statement that he has tested positive for the virus, which is just just brutal um, on a million different levels. But the conclusion we can come to uh, from the publicly available tests or publicly available information is that Wancho and Cat are the two positive tests and that Rubio was the other player exposed. Uh, I have no idea what exactly Rosas meant when he said, quote, it was a pretty isolated and protected situation with those exposures. That sounds like a bit of good news, but as we've seen um, with other teams, incubation periods for the virus vary person to person. And because of that, it's certainly possible that more positive tests are yet to come. Um, Rosas understandably played it by the book and, and wasn't explicitly naming names. In his press conference, there are rules in place there. That's why I did that. Um, but he was asked about Cat specifically, and, and Rosas did elaborate on, on how the impact there is. Yeah, it's just it's profound, given not only who Towns is as a leader of this team, but has just the outsized impact that's going to have on Towns and his family. So here's what Cat had to say. Here's what Rosas had to say about Cat. Hey, Gerson, um, you know, Carl has made his made his news public and, and announced it. And I mean, obviously, you never want to see anyone test positive for this and go through it. But to know what he has been through, what his family has been through, just, you know, what can you say about that? And just about kind of maybe it hitting home extra hard for for everything that that he has gone through. Yeah, I mean, Jake, you know how much family means to me and, uh, you know, especially Carl and his family and what we've lived through, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking. And uh, for, for him to have to go through this for, you know, Carl Sr., uh, even Carl's sister and his nephews and nieces uh, and his loved ones, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking, man. And it's, it's a lesson for all of us. You know, basketball is a microcosm of, of society right now. And you can do the right things. Our protocol has been strong. Uh, our staff has been unbelievable job of making sure we test, we mask, we follow protocol. Uh, but this virus is, is powerful and it's creative. And uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, you know, we're not the only ones dealing with this uh, from an NBA world to the real world. And it's affecting lives and families everywhere. And that's that's something that, you know, we strive. I know the league's been unbelievable in supporting us through this process, but uh, it hurt. It hurt, J.K. Like, Carl is, you know, uh, the most important part of this organization uh, for what he's gone through, uh, what Carl Sr. has gone through. 
uh, it's, it, it couldn't be more heartbreaking today. I thought that was well put there. Um, the virus is powerful and it is creative. And, and what is being highlighted in the NBA does show that basketball is a microcosm of society today. I, I thought it was bold and I thought it was clear that Rosas has Towns' back, you know, calling him the most important part of this organization. Uh, you know, none of us know what sort of physical impact this is, this is going to have on Carl. Uh, but, you know, the mental impact here, I don't even want to think about. I mean, who who knows? You know, Carl testing positive is not normal. And, you know, if we're throwing out at least 10 days for Wancho, well, I don't I don't know if that's even a baseline minimum for Cat. Um, he will be in the right, you know, no matter what his symptoms are, you know, he'll be in the right to deal with this and handle this however he sees most fit. And that very well might mean more than 10 days. 10 days from his positive test on Friday carries us through January 25th. Um, over that time, the Wolves play the Hawks twice. Uh, they play the Magic, and they also play the Indiana Pacers. And then the 25th is actually that first Wiggins uh, Wiggins and the Warriors versus the Wolves game in San Francisco. I believe the Wolves won nationally televised game this season on ESPN. And it just... You know, I, I was thinking last night just, just watching TNT um, and, you know, Jokic and, and the Nuggets and stuff. And it's 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 really just a bummer that, you know, Cat isn't, isn't getting, um, you know, the shine he deserves for the player and the, and the person he is. And it just sucks that he's going to be out for a long time and it sucks that he's he will not be back for that for that game against Wiggins and the Warriors. Um, I guess moving forward, Rosas was asked about how, you know, how long this is going to take, how the contact tracing will work here and when the organization will know when they are out of the water, you know, from this outbreak, how long it takes and, you know, just kind of when we will be able to start the clock on, you know, to start, start new. So this was Rosas answer there. You said that, uh, pretty confident that they're isolated cases, I guess, is that, a product of the contact tracing and I guess the limited number of, of contact tracing uh, cases that you have right now within those two positive cases? Chase, that's the right question. We don't have enough uh, evidence at this point to connect them or to separate them. So it's still relatively new. Our staff and, and our, our doctors in the league are evaluating everything to see if it's interrelated or not. Do you have any idea how long, you know, how many days it might be down the road before you know just how spread or, or not spread this will be or when you can have a good idea of you know, the size, I guess, of the breakout? I mean, the league's got good protocol in, play, in place. You know, uh, David Weiss and, and, and Robbie Seek have done a great job of making sure that we're in protocol. We've continued to test uh, even more uh, now that uh, the exposure is in place. Uh, I don't know the specifics in terms of how many days until we know there's nothing else. Uh, but the reality is for the most part, uh, the majority of our group has continued to test negative. Uh, we've been very vigilant on the contact tracing. Uh, we've made sure that our players and our staff are in the safest environment possible as we go through this, but it's a process. As we all know, it takes time. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is, this is uh, the, the worst of it. But it's it's not easy for anybody, for us or the other teams that are involved. 
as Rosa said there, um, they don't know the specific amount of days it will be until there's nothing else, um, incubation period and all, but it is encouraging to hear that the majority of the group continues to test negative. I know they've been administered additional tests beyond the daily tests they were already taking, so, you know, we'll see what is to come there. Um, but as we do begin to look forward, I think, I think this is how we begin looking at the team going forward because they're going to continue to play games, and that is a that is a team that was already thin in the front court and will certainly be without their starting center and their starting power forward for the next five games. So let's talk about what's left and who exactly will play and what our expectations for this group might be over the next few weeks. But first, we'll take a quick break. Hey everyone, want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take their podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art for your pod, Q&As with Blue Wire podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of uh, tips and tricks that we all use. On top of that, we'll get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google Stitcher, all those listening platforms. And when I can... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I tell you from my own experience is it costs more than $15 a month to host your own podcast. Blue Wire Hustle only charges that, which is the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more. That's bwhustle.com join. All right. Now just some time for me to ramble about what is left on this roster position by position. Uh, without Cat and Wancho, the remaining bigs, I think that's the place to start, the remaining bigs on this roster are Ed Davis, Nas Reed, and Jared Vanderbilt. In Cat's absence, as you can remember, Davis was starting at center. I know he hasn't been in the rotation with Cat back, but that's kind of been the adjustment they've made. Um, Saunders, understandably, finds it important to you know pair D'Angelo Russell with a big who can who can set a real screen for him. Uh, so that's why Davis starts, and I'd assume he retakes over those duties as the starting five uh, in Cat's absence. Nas, he seems likely to stay in the role as the backup five. 
again, that's where he was, you know, or he has been lately, you know, regardless of when Cat has been in or out, he's kind of been unmoved, I think, over the past five games or so. And then Vanderbilt is the only other true big left on the roster. And it's kind of, I think, a bummer for him that this game didn't happen on Friday. It seemed like there might have been some momentum for Vanderbilt to become the starting four next to Cat after Wancho really struggled in that first game against Memphis. But if Davis is going to be the starting five, I doubt we see Vanderbilt as the starting four. They're just not going to start two non-shooters in the front court, which is fair. I mean, they're really non-shooters. Literally, like, neither Davis nor Vanderbilt have ever made a three. So it, it just wouldn't really work. This leads me to think that the starting four going forward will be you know, what they've done, the, the wing sort of slid up into the power forward position. And the players we've seen play that role this season are Josh Okoge, Jarrett Culver, and Jake Lehman. I I think I'd assume this job goes to Okoge. You know, he's the brawniest of those three. And he's also far and away had the most success playing that position. But I, I do think that we can bet that Culver, you know, who really struggled when he slid up to the four, also gets another shot there you know, just sort of by default. Um, Lehman has been away from the team because he and his wife just had a child. But Saunders has said um, that Lehman will get another opportunity this year, and I think this is that opportunity. If we are looking for, you know, silver linings and opportunities in this time, like, I, I am interested to see if Jake can, you know, delete his early season struggles and, and you know, and be the player he was last year, which is, which is a solid role player in that role he should be able to help particularly if it's a team you know that's going to lean into playing a little bit faster without cat the other wild card here though outside of a kogi culver and layman layman is is anthony edwards you know could he be a small ball four option at at practice on thursday Britt asked saunders if this was something they've considered and this was saunders answer hey ryan um have you given any thought to anthony edwards as one of your small ball fours he's the uh, second heaviest third heaviest player on the team behind cat and Nas. uh he kind of fits that template you were talking about with uh jared and josh the other night about being able to cut to the rim and when he talks to people he takes a pride and kind of makes it his self-identity that he seeks contact and, and you mm -hmm. kind of see how he's energized by contact when he's on the court yeah yeah, no, that, that's a conversation, um, you know, within our staff meeting too. Uh, you know, everything's on the table when, when things don't work out the way you want them to work out. And uh, we need to find some more production in that area. And uh, that also comes with rebounding. You know, we need to make sure that whoever's playing that small ball four um, can be a positive on the rebound rebounding end side of things. So, uh, you know, the fact that he does welcome contact is, is a plus there. Um, you know, we need to continue to see other things, you know, within that growth too. Is that why Wancho gets more minutes than we might otherwise realize because he may be the best rebounder among your prospective fours? Yeah, one of the better rebounders, I'd say. So um, that is uh, that does play play into it a little bit too, um, you know. But like I said, you know, there's there's a lot of lot of options on the table to uh, you know try to you know shift this a little bit and find find something where where we get a better rhythm. Clearly, those comments uh, came before Wancho's positive test. But that answer does highlight what, in Saunders' eyes, has been holding Edwards back from playing in that role. And that's was pretty plainly stated, I thought, as rebounding. 
And Saunders is right. Edwards has only been grabbing 1.8 defensive rebounds per game, and he's playing 25 minutes per game. That's a really, really bad defensive rate, rebounding rate for a team that really, really needs to defensive rebound. Um, according to basketball reference, Edwards is only grabbing 8.2% of the available defensive rebounds when he's on the floor. That's worse than D'Angelo Russell, and it's it's actually the second worst on the entire team, the guys who have actually played um, only ahead of Lehman. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a problem and a pretty justifiable reason for not having played Edwards in that role yet this season. But now, you know, the pieces on the chessboard have been all moved around with no cat and no wancho. And, and you're comparing Edwards as a rebounder or a defender or whatever, or just a small ball four to Lehman, right? I mean, those are kind of the options. So there's a case to be made that Edwards is just as capable at rebounding out of that position as Lehman is, you know, if not more, he's, he's certainly stronger. So, you know, I think it's fair for us to put Edwards in that mix um, with Akogi and Culver for some small ball four minutes. And I think that's a... You know, that's a way to extend, you know, the periods of time that that Edwards is on the floor for. You know, people want I mean, he has been playing 25 minutes a game, but a lot of people are calling for him to, you know, kind of bump up to that 30. And I think I think playing some four is probably the way to do that. So moving on to the guards with or the wings with with a Kogi Culver, Lehman Edwards, maybe playing up a position some. Uh, that leaves more opportunity on the wing. Uh, outside of Akogi Culver, Lehman, and Edwards, you know, Malik Beasley and Jalen Noel are really the only other two wing options. Jaden McDaniels fits here too, not to totally brush over him, but, you know, if we're kind of looking at this through the lens of trying to replace physicality, I, I doubt McDaniels will be their answer there. So of the wing minutes, we know Beasley's obviously going to eat up, you know, 35 of those minutes on the wing, but, you know, for the people who were a little bit encouraged by what they saw from Jalen Noel in the preseason or just, you know, want to have him get some run, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's he, he's moved up the depth chart. I still, you know, as I kind of, like, <laughs> list the players out, I, I still don't think he's in the 10-man rotation. But, you know, foul trouble or he's, <laughs> or knock a wood, a positive test away from, um, yeah, from, from being in the mix. The reason that it, it's you know he doesn't that Noel doesn't definitely need to play is because they'll play two point guards next to each other and um the Wolves have three of those D'Angelo Russell Ricky Rubio and Jordan McLaughlin obviously Rubio is is a question mark on on when he will return uh but if he he doesn't test positive which seems like a reasonable possibility he hasn't thus far and you know, he's he's had the virus before, which obviously doesn't preclude him from having it again. But I, I think it's likely that Rubio's back in the mix well before Cat and Wancho are. So he, you know, he factors into this, you know, this potential rotation adjustment. And and with that, when he's back, I think it's going to be interesting to see if Saunders tries to push forward with the D'Lo and Rubio pairing. I mean, in in many ways, this is the opportunity to show that that works. But there's been, there's been, there's that opportunity's been there before. I mean, when Cat was out, there was there was that one game when Saunders really tried to get D'Lo going by giving him the full reins of the offense. He didn't play Rubio next to him at all, and and D'Lo did get going there. It was that you know remember that heavy pick and roll game with Ed Davis against the Nuggets. 
So, you know, you got to kind of decide how much you're, you're leaning into to D'Lo here without Cat. But without Cat, I mean, Saunders is just going to have to find a new identity for this team again. And, you know, a, a crossroad there is whether or not that identity is a double point guard backcourt, you know, perhaps starting together or whether, you know, or, or not, you know, whether Saunders decides to continue to stagger them as much as, po- as, as much as possible. So that's, that's a long way of saying that I don't really know how to define the, what the starting lineup is going to be going forward. Because with this lingering Rubio question, you know, I, I, I just can't. So I will say it like this. If, if Rubio is back I, by their next game, whenever that is, I think this will be the starting five. Ed Davis, Josh Okoge, Malik Beasley, Ricky Rubio, and D'Angelo Russell. If Rubio is out, you only have three guys who I think you know you want to start. And that's D'Lo, Beasley, and Okoge. From there, the question becomes, you know, what do you want to do in the front court? <laughs> Davis and Vanderbilt, you know, sound like solid options to add physicality and to play bigger, but I think we know that we can't play them. You know, you can't play them together because of the shooting. So then it's either it, it then has to be either Nas and Vanderbilt or Davis and Lehman, I think. So we're looking at D'Lo, Beasley, Akogi, Vanderbilt, Nas, or D'Lo, Beasley, Akogi, Lehman, and Davis, with Akogi and Lehman kind of doing their interchangeable thing at the four based on matchups. And yeah, I've, <laughs> I'm looking at those names right now. I realize neither of those sound like good options, but they are the options. And, you know, Saunders has to choose the better one. It's the, you know, it's the same crux of the situation when there is the six games without cat, you know? And so Saunders got to pick the right one. And then from there, it's not just about the starting five, you know, he's got to be a wizard with the rotations so that, I mean, if you're going 10 guys deep, like nine of them got to be comfortable, you know, fitting together that that's on. A lot of that is on figuring out who to play guys with, even if it's, you know, not easy. If we're calling this five games without cat, best case, well then, you know, what are you going to do to not be three and thirteen when he returns? I mean, you just can't go zero and five. What we what we do know, and I think which I I don't know, exciting, encouraging. I don't know what the word is, but what we do know is that this team is not in development mode, or tank mode, or whatever you want to call it. You know, for a number of reasons, none of those things make sense eleven games into the season, even if they are playing without their best player. It's just, it's just too early. So that is the challenge ahead for a team that just got dealt a really shitty hand, you know, and from here, you just got to roll with the punches. The challenge ahead for me, which doesn't matter, but it is going to be a challenge, <laughs> will be in continuing to do podcast over this potential break of games. I think if we look at a few of the other teams who have had positive tests, they've you know, they've rattled off a few games of postponement in a row. So that has me you know, somewhat wary about whether or not the Wolves are going to be able to play on Monday in Atlanta. But even if they don't play in Atlanta, um, I will still do a podcast and I'll have it be a mailbag episode. Um, for those of you who signed up at Patreon, 
you can send me uh, questions for that, uh, for that mailbag via the email address of mine you got when you signed up for Patreon. Um, I'll only be taking mailbag questions sent that way. So you got to be a Patreon subscriber. Um, reach out to me on Twitter or through the message feature on Patreon uh, if you need if you need help with that. Uh, otherwise, the email address is included in the confirmation email you got when you signed up. So I don't know if you're not an email deleter, dig into your own emails. And, you know, what better time to sign up for Patreon than when the team is three and eight with their best player out, right? Patreon.com slash MBA, five bucks a month. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash MBA. We'll make it work. We'll get through this. I'll talk to you all on Monday one way or the other, hopefully after a basketball game, but we'll see. Until then, I'm Dane. Be safe. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.